Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Greeting this Lord's Day in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Greetings. Amen. God has been very good to us. Uh, has He not? Yes, you know, watching the uh, year-end Christmas video that uh, Luke and Laura made for us, we really had a busy year. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And we have certainly a lot to be thankful for. God has been good to us. Amen. Today on this third week of Advent, let us be thankful for peace here at Foundation Church, for unity among the people of God gathered here today, and let us be thankful for joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. It's easy to take these kind of things for granted until something painful happens, and we are thankful today that we're here together and that God is good to us. We could be mourning something today, but instead we can rejoice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Our call to worship comes to us from Psalm 126. It says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was filled with singing. And then they said among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, wherefore we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth with weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen? The life of the believer, oftentimes we do sow in tears, but the Bible teaches us that we will reap in joy. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you very much for your love and your mercy and your kindness. Lord, even as we sometimes sow into the ground a seed of a life and we mourn over that. But Lord, ultimately we rejoice for the pleasure of knowing them, for the pleasure of their company and fellowship throughout the years of our life. Lord, we often sow in tears, but we reap in joy. Today, Lord... We, many of us, have struggled together over many years, working and growing and learning and and oftentimes through difficult things. And now, in this time, we are bearing the fruits of joy as we see the little children around us growing up in homes that serve you and that love you and that want to follow you. Lord, we rejoice at that fruit, fruit of lives given to you. Lord, this is what we prayed for and hoped for, and it is what you have given us. And today, we are filled with joy because of it. We come into your presence praying that you would fill us, knowing that you will and that you can. And Lord, we come before you hungering and thirsting after righteousness, once again knowing that you will feed us from heaven, that you will change us, that you will make us more like you. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said a resounding and joyful amen. By the time you leave here today, you will be totally and completely saturated in God's Word. You will hear so much of it said, quoted, and talked about 
from the memorization to the beginning parts. And I actually have a little extra. You guys want a little extra today? You're going to get it whether you want it or not. I have enough joy for any five of you people out there. So I'm just going to, I'm just, you're not going to hold me back. All right. I was, I was listening to um, Brother Andy read for us from Galatians chapter 5. And this may just seem very simple to you, but I feel like I need to just share it before I, before I read my text and before you're seated. You see, the flesh in its carnality and its lascivious nature and its sinful nature has no love to offer you, has no joy to give you. It will not allow you to have peace. None of it. There might be pleasure in sin for a season, but there certainly is no joy in it. Adultery for all of the things that it may seem to offer you, what it does, it steals your peace. It destroys your relationships of love. Pleasure is, like C.S. Lewis said, it's, it's not that our problem is, is that we love pleasure too much, it's that we don't love it enough. True pleasures from God, as was read in our reading in Psalm 16, is that at the right hand of God, there are pleasures forevermore. You know, the pleasure of being able to, in peace, hold my son on my lap and let him fall asleep. That can't, you can't have that and be unfaithful to your wife. The whole time you're sitting there, you're feeling like you let your child down and your wife down and and your family down, and even in the midst of all that you could be enjoying, there is no joy in it. You see, that's what the world has to offer. It offers you adultery, fornication, uncleanness. It offers you envy. Some of you say, but, but, but people have things, that, and I want them. It's not wrong to want the good things. What's wrong is to look at those people and be angry that they have them. Jealousy is ugly because jealousy doesn't love. Jealousy, you know, they look and you go, look, you know, this guy's doing this and this guy's going there and this person has this and that and I don't have it. And they shouldn't have it. That's what jealousy and envy are. That's the fruit of the nasty spiritual darkness that is in the old man. The works of the flesh are these. Envy, strife, jealousy, adultery, taking things. But the fruit of the Spirit, (laughs) it's love. Love is so much better than anything that the flesh, the flesh thinks it wants X, Y, Z. But all you got to do is give it to it. And you know what you'll find out? You'll find it takes everything good from you. That's what the devil does. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a stealer. He likes to come and steal your joy and your peace and put a black cloud over your head. He doesn't want you sitting in peace with your child on your lap reading the Christmas mouse. He doesn't want you greeting your wife with a kiss, knowing that together you've raised children, together you've kept your vow, together you love her. He hates that. He can give you pleasure for a minute. But God gives you pleasure forever more. Amen? Our text from Psalm 149, my sermon today is joy in the Psalms. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Is that what we're doing today? Amen. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and a harp. Come on. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. You might take pleasure in reading Christmas Mouse, and I do. God takes pleasure in you. He loves to see you come together. He loves to see you put on your, you know, your someone was petting my little suede thing or whatever this is. And you velvet or what, what is it? It's velvet. I like a velvet, right? And, and God takes pleasure in seeing the little kids lined up and excited and, and a candle's being lit and remembering the incarnation of Christ. God takes pleasure in it, folks. Though the Lord takes pleasure in His people, He will beautify the meek with salvation. 
Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Are your kids singing aloud upon their beds? Are they singing in your home? Is it a joyful home? Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And the two-edged sword in their hand. Now there's some contrast. We are the church triumphant and we are the church militant all at the same time. We are warriors joyfully going to battle. Realizing that our praise and our worship to God and the joy we display in our homes makes the paltriness that the world offers look like darkness. And we indeed are a light set on a hill that cannot be hid. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. Who for the joy that was set before you endured the shame of the cross. Looking at us and seeing us and knowing what riches would be ours, you became poor. Oh, may we follow you today. And may we find the same joy in a life like this, oh God. May we indeed learn what it means to live the joyful life. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If there was just one book of the Bible to represent joy, it would be God's songbook for His people. It would be the book of Psalms. And so I wonder why there are those who find that joyful singing is so uncomfortable in the house of God. Joy is synonymous with singing with thanksgiving, with praise, with clapping and dancing. And Psalms is where we find all of these things, things and these ways to please God in worship with our bodies. Everybody say, my body. God commands us to love the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our everything. Amen? He tells us that we have been bought with a price. Therefore, we are to glorify God in our body. And in your spirit, which belong to God. Do you know your arms belong to God? Do you know your feet belongs to God? Do you know your voice? I've heard people say that I can't sing. I say, open your mouth and let it fly. Joy is the fruit of our love for God. It is the power to fill our lives with light and love where our circumstances might want to cast a false shadow over us and try to extinguish the hope of our faith. It is something that God has given us. Is there something or someone trying to steer your joy today to cast aside the good things of God? I say cast it aside. Rest from it and revel in the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. You're feeling weak today because you partied yesterday. I say cast aside. Cast it aside and rejoice today. This is the third week of Advent and we have traveled from hope to faith and now to joy and finding joy in the Psalms. Well, that's really not a big job. Any theologian with his blindfold on uh, with one hand tied behind his back can find joy in the Psalms because it's everywhere. I picked Psalm 149 for our text because it is plain that God had put it right where it is at the very end of the Psalms as a summation. As Psalm 1 and 2 uh, is a bookmark on one end telling us about the blessed man and showing us that it indeed will be Christ. It ends with another bookend on the other showing us the result of the life of the blessed life that he lives is like the clashing of a great pair of symbols and a great crescendo at the book, at the end of the book of Psalms. A life lived. A good and blessed life serving and trusting God ultimately brings joy, joy, joy. And what does joy do? It makes us sing and clap and praise and dance and shout. You might go, oh, wait a minute. Mark's going back to his roots. Oh, yeah. You know, I think there's something in my roots that I thought I needed to walk away from, but I don't think we should. I, there's no way you can read the Bible and get any justification for anything like that. If you lost your arm and you got it back, I doubt you would go, that was nice. I know exactly what happened. When people are really filled with joy, they shout. Have you ever seen anybody do this? I've seen it. 
I remember when Ashley heard somebody was getting married one time. I remember when Ashley heard someone was having a baby one time, and Ashley went, Aah! What is that? That's joy is what that is. That's joy. What? She, oh, that's fantastic. That's very interesting. That boys my soul. No, no. All she had was, Aah! you know, and she ran. That's what joy does. Joy is beyond words. It's something that you can't just say and express. It's something that you just want to do something with. It's what your body does when it's filled with the emotion of joy, which is not a frivolous emotion, which is a motion. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Being right is not a fruit of the Spirit. But joy sure is. Anybody try to tell me to calm my joy down, I'll say, well, then you'll have to take it from me. God gave it to me. We've talked about it before, but I want to talk about it more today because we're talking about joy in the Psalms. Joy is an internal spring given to us by God as the fruit of our faith and of the Holy Spirit. In the list given to us by the Apostle Paul, which Andy read for us from Galatians chapter 5, we read earlier, it is listed second after love. I think that's pretty interesting. God's Word puts it right where He wants it. Second, right after love. We know love is the principal thing. We know that love should be the motivator for everything. Love is the gateway fruit of the Spirit. But out of it comes joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. We rightly think people are godly who are filled with love who are humble and patient and live lives of moderation and are filled with faith. But joy, everybody say joy. Joy Joy happens to make it second on Paul's list after love. It almost seems silly, Brother Andy, to call joy a fruit of the Spirit. It just seems so powerless, almost silly. But I think God knows things we don't. It may seem like an insignificant thing, but joy is at the core of what we have as God's people. Joy is a powerful, sustaining force issuing from deep within us and carrying us through difficult and seemingly unsurmountable circumstances. Joy is God's gift to us. It is fruit upon the vines of the new man. We read in the one psalm uh, where they told Israel to go get their harps and to sing. Do you guys remember this? And they said, we can't. Now, why were their enemies? Now, it would be a strange thing. Why would their enemies tell them to sing? Why don't you sing a song for us? Why would they do that? Israel was known as the partyingest, dancingest, happiest, feastingest bunch of people on planet Earth. There is nothing more counterproductive to the way that man thinks than to take people who are scraping survival out of a land somewhere and go, let's eat more food and let's let our drinks spill out. I mean, you know how hard it is to make wine? You got to grow grapes and you got to squeeze the grapes and you got to do this and it takes forever. And you say, oh, we're going to have so much wine and when we pour it in the glass, it runs over, right? My cup runneth over. This is joy. Joy is like, I've got more wine than I need. Feasting is, I've got more food than I need. And dancing, and, and as, they get, as the people of God get together when they see uh, a child is coming into the world, or that a, a new marriage is being informed, people are like, oh yeah, God is building His kingdom. Oh yeah, a baby is baptized up here, it's brought into the church, and we're like, one more for the kingdom of God. One more godly seed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. And you might go, oh, you're silly, Pastor Mark. Oh, let it be said that I'm silly. I don't really care because I've got joy. I know there was a man in the Bible who got excited and some people didn't like it. Didn't work out too good for them, did it? Nobody needs to quell the joy of a man or a woman of God. If he has it, let it spill all over everything. We can clean it up if necessary. We are tempted to quell our joy because we, through the pride of life, see joyful, smiling people. People who let their joy flow, we see them as foolish people. This is why David's wife despised her husband, the king. His joy was not dignified. Joy is not dignified, by the way. It is not orderly. It is the fruit of God for us to have, to share, to enjoy, not to hide under a bushel 
by being austere and in control. We know David's joy was something God loved. He punished his wife for despising him. And he exalted this singer of songs of joy to be the author of God's songbook. I I think that's pretty, pretty straightforward about what God thinks about it. What do you guys think? This undignified dancer was set up by God as a marker, as a waypoint for the coming Messiah. This is what he's going to be like. You might go, I don't remember Jesus doing that. Well, it's true. Christ was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He was also rich too. He became poor. He was a joyful man who became acquainted with sorrow. You see, he became poor that we might be rich. He became acquainted with grief so that we might have joy. Amen? He bore in, our, in his own body our sins. He was striped. He was shamed. He was ripped and naked and put out there on display so that you can have joy. Amen. Yes. That's what God's Word teaches us. We can't say because Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, we should be too. There will be no tears of grief in heaven, but there will no doubt be rejoicing, shouts of joy going up to God in the celestial city. If you don't think they'll be shouting in heaven, you're going to be surprised. There will be Ashley's going, Ah! There'll be people going, I can't! We're here. It's over. I don't have to go to work anymore. I don't have to clean the garbage disposal out again. I don't have to freeze my fingers off changing a transmission in three below zero. I don't have to talk the bank out of reversing my NSF fees anymore. You might think you won't have that kind of joy. If if that doesn't go on in heaven, I have no idea what will. If you think it's just going to be glory to God, if you think that's what's going to be on, there won't be any real people there. Real people have lived lives where they, you know, they've been put in the hospital or they've had surgery or they've lost loved ones and they've done this. The Bible says God will wipe every tear from our eyes. And in heaven there will be joy. I imagine there will be dancing at the marriage supper of the Lamb as the faithful bind arm and arm and circle around the altar of praise. Nothing to divide us there. No flies in our ointment there. No sin to separate us from one another. And God there, what a day it will be. Do you know we can have joy like that right now? We don't have to, we don't have to let sin separate us from each other. We don't have to envy and have jealousy and be petty. And be clickish and look down our nose. We we could just enjoy it now. Oh, let it be, church. Let it be. Psalm one forty nine. Praise you, the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And praise Him in the congregation of the saints. We, the people of God, find power when we gather to lift up the name of the Lord. Our joy is not only individual, but it is compounded when we come together on the Lord's day and at other times and we sing. You will find in history, at times of great difficulty, you will find that soldiers sing. You will find that in the cold of World War I and World War II, in the trenches of warfare where men were dying, that what brought them from despair was a song as they began to sing about the goodness of God and that the enemy joined in and that the enemy in on either side were singing together about a day that will come one day where there will be no more war and there will be no more bloodshed and hatred and violence, but that Christ will rule as king. Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2 says, Shout for joy, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Psalm 107 verse 22 says, Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of His works. 
with the songs of joy. Psalm 5, which we memorize, which we should know by heart, says, let all who take refuge in you be glad and let them ever sing for joy. Psalm 5, verses 11. Speaking of the great day of the Messiah, the prophet said, and we already read this too, in Isaiah chapter 9, it said, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. He's explaining what it's going to be like when Messiah comes. We know He's already come. People that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Folks, this land that is the shadow of death, the light has shined here. Someone says, I don't have anything to be joyful about. That's just because someone's talking in your ear. Someone's telling you because this little piddly thing in your life didn't work out. Because this difficulty happened in your life that didn't work out. You got reason to walk around with a scowl on your face. People that walked in dark have seen a great light. Death will be taken out completely. It will be swallowed up. And there will be no more death. He says in verse 3, Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. When you read this, it's kind of hard to understand. But what he's saying is, is there isn't any more joy than that. (laughs) Isn't that kind of cool? You multiply the nation, but the joy isn't going to be increased because there's no more joy than the joy that Messiah has come. He said it's better than the joy of the harvest. It's better than the joy when the men divide the spoil. Why? Because thou hast broken the burden, the yoke of sin that was upon us, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of the oppressor. God has cast off every enemy. He has crushed the devil under his foot. Folks, if you don't have joy in your heart because of that, then you're listening to the wrong people. Verse 5, every battle of the warriors with confused noise, garments rolled in blood, but this shall be burning with fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. One day when you young people have a child, there will be joy at the birth of that child. But today we are rejoicing at the birth of another child. A child who came into the world that was lost, who came into the world that was dark, and he turned on the light, a light that cannot be put out. I'm really getting revved up. His name shall be called Wonderful. Isn't he wonderful? Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We live in a world that has no peace, but you have it. On the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. You see, there is the hook of the joy. There shall be no end to this one, Luke. David's kingdom came to an end. Solomon's reign came to an end. But there's one coming by the tent whose kingdom shall have no end. The increase of his government. He will crush all of his enemies. He will cover the knowledge of himself. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge as the waters cover the sea. Upon his kingdom to order it to establish with judgment and justice from henceforth forever and ever. There's the hook again. How long is this going to last? For a little while? No. Forever and ever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Our source of joy, the center of our joy, the joy of the good news is that Messiah will be a new kind of king. One with a kingdom that will have no end. One whose reign will extend from sea to sea. Who endures as long as the sun and the moon rise and fall in the horizons. Folks, that's something to be joyful about. The book of Habakkuk ends with a psalm. Now, You may not have noticed this. When you read the book, you you may even go, what's it doing here? There's a psalm right at the end of the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk is a prophecy for two chapters of some coming judgment. But at the end, there is a psalm. And if you read the whole thing, and we don't have time to read the whole psalm, but I'll tell you what, when you read some of it, you'll see that what's happening is that he is so overcome with an emotion that he's ready to explode. You know, when we sing this song, I will rejoice in the Lord... It sounds like we're like, though I'm completely depressed and my life is horrible, but I'm going to rejoice Lord. No, no. And I'm not saying that's a horrible song to sing. But what I'm telling you is that's not what's going on in this song. He goes for verse after verse after verse for an entire chapter talking about the magnificent power of a reigning God who is crushing the heathen under his feet. And there is a steam train of this joy 
Steve, that's happening. And he tags on the end of it. Let me tell you what. Though the crops don't come, though enemies do, though every bad thing could ever happen, the steam train of my joy will run it over. You name it. You mark it on the list of something bad that's going to happen. And let me tell you that the steam train of my joy can never be extinguished because Christ has come and His kingdom has come and His enemies are going to be defeated. That's what's tagged on. That's when He says all these bad things happen. That's at the end. It's like pennies on the train track. Try to stop this train with that. And, and it's called a shigion. Do you guys remember this? You guys remember this from when we did the Psalms earlier? Right? Habakkuk, we had this psalm. It's at the end. You should read it. It'll, it'll, it'll get you livened up. If you're having trouble with joy, you should read Habakkuk chapter 3. It says at the beginning of it, it is a shigion. And if you remember, we had Psalm 4, there was Naganoth, and Psalm 5, there was, there was Naganoth and Shemineth, right? Uh, and, and, and so these, these uh, words that help us grab the emotion. So what emotion is being given here? This is emotion. This is a psalm or a song of extreme emotion. Now, Psalm 7, where we learned about this before, was a psalm of extreme sadness, Right? His, his, he's just down. He's low. He, he's just... And remember that word? It's like someone who's drunk. Like they're delirious with it all. Let me, let me, let me refresh your memory. A shegeon comes from the verb to means to reel about through drink. It occurs in Psalm 7. And here in the plural form, it's found in Habakkuk 3. It's a different emotion. In Psalm 7, it was great sorrow. But in Habakkuk chapter 3, it's great joy. The word denotes a lyrical poem composed under strong emotion, impassioned imagination, accompanied with music that helps you to feel that feeling. More emotion. Reading both Psalm 7 and Habakkuk chapter 3, we can see this in, in this prayer, but let me read this for you in Habakkuk 3. He's, this is once again, this is in verse 17. 16 verses though. 16 verses of God is running them over with a steam train. God is coming and the, his, the smoke is coming out of, the, of his stack as he's coming down the line and nothing can stop him. And then they put these pennies on the track. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, although the fruit shall be not on the vine, the labor of the olive shall fail and the fields yield their meat. The flock shall be cut from the fold. There shall be no herd for the animals. Yet I will rejoice. In the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and He will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon high places. And He ends it to the chief singer on stringed instruments. You ever want to read Habakkuk 3? Read it like that, and you'll find some joy in Habakkuk chapter 3. You guys, have you guys ever had a bad week? You ever had a bad day? <laughs> Any one of you, if you want to take inventory of your life, can, can go away with your head hung low. I don't make as much money as I used to. People don't really like me. I'm underappreciated. Our building's really old. I have great, you know, responsibilities. You know, I weigh more than I used to. <laughs> I've lost 20 pounds. The Pastor Mark Reduction Program is coming on strong. Oh, yeah. I'm old. I can't get around like I used to. How about, you know what? God gave me years where I could get around. God gave me people in my life. I'm telling you right now, the devil loves to speak in our ear and complain about us. It, probably it happens. I know I'm only 50 years old. I can't imagine what our senior citizens are going through. Each day as the devil's going, you're old. You're never going to make it. Your better days are behind you. You know, whatever. I'm like, shut up. I, yeah, I had some good days behind me and some good days ahead. And your kingdom shall have no end, oh Lord. The devil's a liar. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, you can look at your life however you want to look at it. I'm telling you, if you look at it through the faith of the joy that God gives, you can find much to be thankful for, much to be happy about, much to rejoice in. Or you can hang your head low and look at all the stinky things if that's what you want to do. But God's word says in Psalm 149, verse 2, Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Did somebody make you? Does somebody love you? Does somebody look after you? 
Is somebody working out all things for your good because he loves you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him and let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Psalm 68.3 says, May the righteous be glad and rejoice before God and may they be happy and joyful. Psalm 70 verse 4 says, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Psalm 92.4 says, You make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. Psalm 126.3 says, The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Has God ever done anything good for you? Did God ever give you a husband or a wife? Did He ever bless you with a child? Was there a point in your life you were saying, I wish I had a church I could go to where the Word of God was preached? Did you ever say, I wish there was someone in my life that cared about me enough to bring me the hard news and to talk to me and to help me raise my children? Did you ever wonder, and did God ever do that for you? Everybody say, God did it for me. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. Psalm 126, 3. Psalm 118, verse 15. Shout for joy and victory. Resound in the tents of the righteous. Everybody say, shouts of joy. Shouts of joy. Come on, Ashley, give me one of those. Woo! <laughs> shouts of joy and victory. Resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Has His right hand done mighty things in your life? Amen. Joy shouts. Joy sings. Joy lifts up its hands. And joy dances. Let them praise His name, it says in Psalm 149.3 as we work our way through it. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the timbrel and the harp. Now folks, I'm going to tell you right now, joy not only shouts, but joy dances. And I've seen it. And you know what? Mostly children, only children do this. Grown-ups, they grow up and they don't do this anymore. Because they don't want to be thought of in some way, right? But I'm telling you what, I guarantee you, I could make some of you dance. I guarantee you, I could see almost any of you dance if I did the right thing for you. I'm telling you, you've seen it, right? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen someone get the news? And I know we always go to this, but I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, I doubt there will be few of you. There might be a few of you that would go, whoopee, whoopee, you know, I won, I won $100 million, woo. You might be them people, and, and if so, you need healed, okay? Okay? But I can tell you right now, I don't care what camera was on. I don't care who was watching. I don't care what anybody thought. If I never had to ever worry the rest of my entire life about money and I got $100 million, I can tell you what I, was, I would do. Now, you guys can do anything you want. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, little children on Christmas Day, something they wanted. Now, our kids, they don't, there's nothing they want. Our, we're all just so rich, we don't even have any idea what it's like for our kid to get something that they actually want. Oh, well, I got quiet in here, didn't it? You're so blessed you don't even know. I remember, you know, in, in life we get the one thing, the thing that we wanted, that we wanted all year long we get it. I remember going, ah! you know, like, I finally got this. You know, I got the Crossman 760 BB gun and pellet gun. It has can do BBs and pellets. I'm going to shoot everything and I'm going to get excited. I, maybe you never had joy like that. Maybe you need a little poverty to give you some joy. I, I don't know. Let them praise him. In the dance. What is that all about? It's talking about unrestrained joy. That's what it is. You know you want to get excited. You know. You know when your child walks for the first time or when you find out that the, the, what you thought was horrible isn't going to happen. Have you ever had that? You're like, hallelujah. Woo! You, you guys ever, you, you ever did anything like that in your house? Buddy, I do. Psalm 30, verse 11, you have turned my mourning into, into light rejoicing. There's extremes, right? You've turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and you've clothed me with joy. What a, what a beautiful picture. You know, when you wear Christmas clothes, you're clothing yourself in joy. 
Well, that's silly. You know, Laura had her outfit on. Laura, where's Laura the elf? Where's she at? <laughs> Laura and Evelyn, where's Evelyn? Where she's wearing her Christmas? It's just she's clothed in joy. Like, this is fun. Oh, that's silly. Be silly. That's fine. God has given us something. You, you, you really want to get joy? Luke and Laura, sit down sometime and get out a piece of paper and imagine what your life would have been like if God had not intervened. A little scary. But you know what it would be. Right? I look at my son Liam and I know what kind of life he would have. Because I've been there. I've been to that house. Into a house of drug addiction. Into a house of adultery and fornication and poverty and vileness. He wouldn't be waking up and crawling into the lap of anybody to read him the Christmas mouse. But he's mine. Oh, if we could just take joy. Sister Narwhal, God's given you beautiful children who love God. You should beam with the joy of it. And I see it on your face. I see when you, I see that, that that kind of pride is fine. Look what God has given me. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's not pride at all. Maybe it's just joy. Look what God's given me. Me and my husband. Yeah, we've got these grandchildren and they're in the church and people love them and they love them. Oh, what more could a woman want for her children than that? That's all I want. In Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, David asked himself this question three times. Why so downcast, oh my soul? He had to talk to himself and say, what's wrong with you? What are you sad about? When something in your life muddies the waters of your joy, sometimes it's time to take inventory. It's worked for me. Psalm 16 shows us how. Andy, I'll tell you what, Psalm 16 for me has, has, has been a, a life-changing, and I heard you quote it a couple times since, and I know it's not on our memorization list, but after I preached that sermon, I heard a lot of people quoting from Psalm 16. It says, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup, and he maintains my lot. You guys remember us talking about this? God's given us so much, and he's been so good to us. Count your blessings. Verse 6, the lines are falling out unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins instruct me in the night season. He was good to put me in a place where we have the word of God to teach us, to make us wise, to save us from much of life's trouble. Oh, God has been good to us. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Nothing can move God. You see, there's where the source of the joy is. Therefore, my heart was glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Folks, do you know when we die, we don't stay in the grave? <laughs> now, now that's something to be happy about. We're not going to sit in the grave over there and rot in the ground and be left cold there. No, no, no. The Bible tells us that one, one day those of us who sleep shall be awakened. That we shall rise with Christ to meet Him in the air. That the, that the saying will come to pass. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Death, where's your victory now? For the sting of death is sin, Right? And, and, and all of the, the law that, that makes it uh, substantial and makes us have its effect upon us that brings about death. All of that has come to an end. Thou will not leave my soul in the grave. Thou will not suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. God isn't wanting to take your pleasure. He's wanting to give you pleasures beyond your wildest imagination. God has given me so much more than the rest of the world has. 
And I have so much to be thankful for. I see these little children in Honduras who's... I sat with Brent and he goes, you see these kids? He said, every one of these kids will be drug dealers. They will be prostitutes. All of them. Unless we can teach them Christ. Brent found these two little children. He, they were about nine and ten, a brother and a sister, and took them into his home several months ago and went to the authorities. And they were abandoned children and he wanted to adopt them. And he had them for several months. He said their stomachs were punched out like this, like little pregnant. And, and they gave him these worm treatment. And he said it was like spaghetti came out of their body. They were so infested with parasites and worms. And, and they had been neglected and they had not been loved. And now they're his children. About three weeks ago, he came home, Heath, and they were gone. And for 19 days, Christy, 19 days, they didn't know where they were. Human traffickers had picked up the two little children and put them in the back of a semi-truck with no top on it. And they burned and baked in the sun in the back with a whole crew of them. Now, this is horrible. I'm telling it to you. But you know what? The, the border patrol sent them back. And they brought all the kids back and let them go back in St. Pedro Sula. And those little kids found their way back home. And they were sunburnt. But they found their mom and dad again, did they not? How do you think the Ozanes felt? He said, my wife almost died for 19 days. Suffering over the pain of not knowing where they were. And I got to shovel manure with them and watch them rake and play and sit on a, a mound of hay in the back of a trailer on a property given to them by God. Because that which was lost was found. Don't you remember what Jesus said about that? What happens when one sinner repents? All of heaven does what? Goes, well, there's another one. We, we, God's sovereign. We knew they were coming anyway. Is that what he does? Well, in God's providence, we know that's happening. And so, you know, it's hard to get excited about that. Is that what it says? Or does it say all of heaven does what? I don't know how angels rejoice. I don't understand it. I don't know how God does it. But we're made in his image. You know, God, I believe, must be a rejoicing God. There must be echoes down the halls of heaven where God laughs. And God goes, ho, 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 ho. Not ho, 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 like Sammy. <laughs> and you may go, you're being very, very silly. You know what? I don't think so. You know, God gives us joy because he is joyful. Yes. He takes pleasure in his people. He gave us laughter. Why? We're made in the image of God, folks, and God laughs. In fact, the Bible says he does. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad in all of our days. Psalm 90, verse 14. Is joy hard to find in the Psalms? Is it hard to find at your house? Let the saints be joyful in glory, it says in Psalm 149, verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. A home where God should be a joyful place. Why? Israel was not always winning, but they looked forward to a day that they would never lose another battle. And that day's coming for us. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Dominion of the world belongs to God's people, and if that doesn't bring you joy, I don't know what will. He could just ride down... And do it himself, but instead he gives us our own horses, our own swords, and he lets us ride into battle knowing that we're invincible. Folks, I'm telling you, that's wow, that's something to be joyful about. Do you like that? <laughs> I always wanted my own battle horse from heaven. Come on. <laughs> Verse 9 to execute judgment, it is written, the Lord, this honor. Have all the saints. 
Folks, this honor is coming to you. Can you imagine this? You might be like, man, I always wanted to be a general. Oh, you'll be one, man. You'll be one. As we close today, hear the great symbol smashing ending of God's book of praise for his people and hear it with the joy that it was meant to convey. When you need joy, which will be often, turn to the Psalms and praise our God. I'm going to read Psalm 149 and 150. They're real short. You guys ready? You ready to hear the... Praise you the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him and let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory and let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment that is written. This honor has all the saints. Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the string instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. And let us say it together right now. Praise ye the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, you have given us joy as a great gift. May we open that this season. May we open your word and find it. May we open our hearts and examine our lives and count our blessings and give us joy. Oh, let us spill out with joy. Let us be known as a people who love people, but also let us be known as a joyful people. Help us, oh God, to sing for joy, to dance for joy, to shout for joy, to not be restrained in our love for you, but let our, let our mouths be filled with your praise. Let our lips be filled with your songs. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said... <coughs> Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.